Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the final word. Good evening, I'm Jenna Harner, and welcome to the final word, the show that invites you, the fans, into the conversation. You can get your opinion on TV right here every Sunday night. A very happy Father's Day, too, to all of the dads and father figures out there today and every day. Now let's get started by introducing you to tonight's two panelists. We're switching things up a little bit from our partner, DKFitzerSports.com, Dayan Kovacevic. Jenna, on behalf of the city of Philadelphia, I'd like to wish Sidney Crosby a very happy Father's Day. <laughs> We're going to hear that a little bit more throughout yeah. the show. And from the Trib and Steelers radio host, Tim Benz. Well, in honor of Ralph Kiner, let me paraphrase and say to all your fathers out uh -oh. there, happy birthday. <laughs> <laughs> Incredible. Well, some of the topics we'll be talking about tonight. Five words on if the Steelers defense will be elite this season. The best father-son, father-daughter combos in sports. The Pirates calling up O'Neill Cruz. And will Derek Shelton be the right manager for the Pirates? But first, the night's big topic. With Minka Fitzpatrick officially signed, what should be the Steelers' next big move? Dan, kick us off here. I'm going to go with N slash A. I, I don't believe that there is a big move to be had and I know there's a good faction of the fan base that wants to see Deontay Johnson signed to a second contract I am not in that faction uh, I would rather see the Steelers let Deontay show that he's a true number one and go ahead and bite my head off for that because he was number 10 in the NFL and catches and all that other stuff I don't see him as a as a real number one somebody who draws double coverage who makes defenses respect him I would rather see the Steelers a Sign Chris Boswell to an extension. That one is a big one, I believe, for this team. And B, go and get themselves a defensive end to replace Stefan Tuitt. They really didn't do that. Yeah, lots of uh, comments saying that as well. Tim, your thoughts on what the Steelers' next big move should be? Uh, they didn't replace Stefan Tuitt, but I think they're better girded for his absence with Leal and, at least for the time being, having a healthy Tyson Alualu. I would say, and again, I wouldn't use the word big for this, but it could prove to be big if T.J. Watt or Alex Highsmith get hurt. Mm -hmm. I say go out and get depth at the outside linebacker position, if not one, maybe two guys even. Uh, they're still thin there, much like they were last year. In other words, what I'm trying to say is get a Melvin Ingram who actually wants to be here. <laughs> uh, and maybe after that, get a backup running back. Yeah. And maybe after yep. that, get some depth at corner so you can mix and match some more. But I say start with pass rushing depth, especially, hey, we saw it when T.J. Watt missed games or even portions 
of games, mm -hmm. the Steelers' defense really lagged. Glad you mentioned the running back, Tim. Although that one's not going to be expensive, we know that. You just wait until somebody's cut at the end of camp. Do we think David Johnson's coming to Pittsburgh, guys? Uh, no. Uh, <laughs> I don't know about that, but it's got to be somebody capable and somebody that Mike Tomlin trusts to take Najee Harris off the field. That's got to be part of the component, too, their willingness to take Najee off to put the other guy in. Yeah, we heard some of the conversations during minicamp and OTAs that there may be times this season where we do see Najee come off the field a little bit more than usual, and hopefully that is to preserve the running back that he is. Well, a reminder, you can keep the comments coming. You can find us on Twitter at WPXI Final Word, on Facebook at The Final Word, and now it's time for five words. Give us five words on whether this Steelers defense will be elite this season. On Facebook, Dan Finnegan saying they will be just fine. Mark on Twitter, not without some run stoppers. And back to Facebook, Brian saying, ask me again in November. That seems like a good answer. Day in your five words. Yeah, still need more up front. I, and, I, and I say this because not just as I I'd mentioned, getting somebody to we can't replace Stefan to it. He was playing right at Cam Hayward's level in, in his last season with the Steelers. He was extraordinary. You're not just going to go magically find that. But what you need to do is you need to make sure that you have someone next to Cam Hayward who can be trusted to not all three downs, but at least two downs that you're going to be capable of getting to the quarterback and of stopping the run. Tim mentioned DeMarvin Leal, and while he's intriguing, he's not, uh, he's not a guy who comes with run-stopping uh, background at Texas A&M. Isaiah Loudermilk is the opposite of that. He's a run-stopper, but hasn't shown that he can get to the quarterback. So they got to find some kind of hybrid combination there or go spend some money on it. Tim, your five words. Can the 2022 Steelers defense be elite? My five-word answer to that is, well, it wasn't last year. They've got three elite players. They've got Hayward, they've got Fitzpatrick, and of course they've got T.J. Watt. It's the other eight guys or the combination thereafter on depth that is not elite. And their numbers were far from elite. Last in the NFL against the run. There's 20th against points and 24th overall. Number 10 against the pass, but that was partially because why would teams pass and expose their quarterback to T.J. Watt and Cam Hayward when it was so darn easy to run the ball? Let's not confuse elite talent at every level of the defense with every level of the defense being elite it's far from that we saw a lot of uh, Twitter kicking around and you know the national talk shows and even here in Pittsburgh conversation about that disparity between the offense and the defense the payroll the Steelers defense now the highest paid defense in the NFL the offense the lowest paid offense to me that's a little bit misplaced some of the conversation there I look at that offensive half of the stat and I say, yeah, you know what? They're all kids. They're, all, yeah, they're already they're yeah. addressing the offense by draft choices. <laughs> Where I look at that stat and my ears go up and my eyebrows go up is about the defense. You need more bang for your buck for that well, defense. Well, you then. do, Tim. And I think the one guy that we I, I feel like it's it's not right to lower the bar on Devin Bush. I, I don't think that's. I agree. I, I, I th you need to have it still up here. That's not to suggest he belongs with the three players that you mentioned. He's got to earn it. But that's where the bar should be for what the Steelers gave up in draft capital to get him. Well, don't go anywhere. When we come back, we are talking Father's Day. Who are some of the best father-son or father-daughter combos in sports? On Twitter, definitely figured this was probably one we'd see. Bobby and Barry Bonds. Final word. We'll be right back.
welcome back to the final word. I promise we will talk some baseball this segment, but first a fitting Father's Day topic. Who are the best father, son, father, daughter combos? There we go. Combine those two in sports. Tim, we'll start with you. All right, I'll give you one for, from every major North American sport here. We just did the Bonses, so I'll go the Griffies in baseball, mm. the Currys in basketball, Dell and Steph. Football will go the Mannings, and hockey will go the Hulls. How about that? I love it. Well, we're going to go to Twitter. Not going to lie, this one made me laugh. Douglas saying Big Ben and the Browns. We also got Sidney Crosby and the Flyers. Day in. Yeah, I'm going to go first of all with Tim and Jack Sawinski because Tim's <laughs> Tim, his dad was there today at PNC Park to watch Jack hit three homers and one of the greatest Father's Day things in baseball history. So I'm going to take one from each of the three Pittsburgh franchises, starting with Cam and Ironhead Hayward. Mm -hmm. um, obviously, we lost Ironhead far too soon. Uh, he was on track to be a great, great player. Cam uh, is exactly what he is. Uh, from the hockey standpoint, mostly just because I know them, I'm taking Ryan and Greg Malone, both with the <laughs> Penguins here. Why not, right? Why not? Uh, and then from there, how can you not take Charlie and Kid Brian Hayes? Now, Charlie was never a great player, but Charlie was a third baseman for the Pirates, and Kid Brian's going to be here for an awful long time. So there, how's that? Love that. Continuing on the family legacy. Well, we'll head over to PNC Park. Derek Shelton making things official earlier this afternoon. O'Neill Cruz will be called up to the bigs. Now, the big question I feel like a lot of people have been tossing around, have the Pirates waited too long to bring up one of baseball's top prospects? Dan, I know you have some thoughts here. Oh, yeah, I mean, they, they absolutely did. And, you know, there's some misconceptions about this. I hear people say, well, that they did it just so that they could retain an extra year uh, of his services before he goes to free agency. That ship sailed after one week. This was done only to save money years down the road and to me that's just not worth it now yes did Cruz have some things that he needed to work on in Indianapolis yes and he showed that when he went down there and basically hit 200 and was having a rough time could that have been handled in Pittsburgh sure absolutely it could have look he's going to be here tomorrow night he's joining Jackson Winsky they look like they've got four of their everyday eight for the future in the lineup so at least it's starting to get fun Rick on Facebook emphatically saying yes, he will bring some much needed power to the lineup. Tim, your thoughts? Well, let me underscore where Dayon went with the money angle because it's not like in Indianapolis everything was corrected and they said, oh, now it's time to bring him up. <laughs> right. You know, so I, I think that's the point to kind of dovetail with what Dayon was saying that needs to be remembered here. Now, you know, down the road, when we look back, we're going to say, oh, they called him up a couple weeks or a couple months too late. Probably not. Let's hope not that he's good and he's worth it. We forget that it happened because this season isn't going to go anywhere anywhere anyway. And the, the absence of him from earlier in the season is going to be uh, the determining factor in any of that. But, you know, for all the folks who are saying, I'll go out to the park when they start bringing in the kids that I'm supposed to root for and follow in the future, uh, they're starting to come. I don't know if it's four of eight like Dayon said, but they're starting to come. Oh, I got, I got four, Tim. I mean, between Hayes, Reynolds, uh, Cruz. Oh, okay, all right. Uh, yeah. I thought you were talking about guys. I, I was not counting Hayes and Reynolds because oh, yeah, they had yeah, signed yeah. already. Oh, already, yeah, yeah, so. yeah. No, guys, I'm talking about half of their everyday eight, I think it's okay. fair to say is up here. And I'm not ready to put guys like, you know, Diego Castillo and whatever into that bracket. Someday you're going to see Henry Davis and Nick Gonzalez and Leo Verpiguero for good up here, but it, it's getting there. 
Well, it truly does seem like it has been call up after call up for the Pirates. Young Bucks continuing to make their debuts. Now, will Derek Shelton be the right manager for the Pirates once things get better, Tim? Well, once they get better, it's assumption that they will. I don't know that they will. If they do, that's really hard to say. Um, I don't know. It's very hard for me and always has been ever since I've been covering the Pirates since 2001 to operate outside of the vacuum when it comes to the managerial decisions and managerial evaluation. Mm -hmm. The easiest guy to evaluate was Clint Hurdle because the games mattered for the most part when Clint Hurdle was here. It's hard to evaluate Derek Shelton's baseball acumen still, um, but once they get good enough, hopefully they get good enough to the point about the manager's uh, ability mattering. I, I don't know. I, just, I still can't tell with Derek Shelton yet. Yeah, it, it's really hard. And, and take this from somebody who really likes and respects the guy. Until we see him, as Tim was saying, flip the switch and start making moves that are based on urgency and winning that day's game instead of, oh, hey, here's you, Chang. We brought in this guy. He's absolutely terrible, but we want to see what he's got. Now, to some extent, like Tim is saying, how much of that do you lay on Shelton when the GM is telling him, we, we didn't bring this guy in here for you to just sit him because he stinks. You got to roll him out there. That's, that's a tough call. But I will say this. This is year three of this group in general. And if you go back and look at Clint Hurdle's tenure that, that Tim referenced, Tim, uh, Clint was hired in 2011. The blackout game happened in 2013. Clint helped to make that happen to an extent. Well, Jared on Twitter says, I doubt it. He has made some fairly baffling lineup decisions already, like you were alluding to there, Dan. Imagine how frustrating it would get if they ever become competitive. Well, we continue to await the word on the NFL's potential discipline for Deshaun Watson. A Washington Post article reporting this week there's a chance they're looking to suspend the Browns quarterback for one year. Understanding this is a very sensitive topic, what should the NFL do about Deshaun Watson? Dan? Well, I do think that the NFL should look across the aisle at what Major League uh, Baseball did. Uh, and when, when you're talking about, uh, oh, who was it? Bauer. Trevor yeah, Bauer, Trevor yeah. Bauer. Uh, that got suspended really, I mean, for two years, but they basically told him to just get lost. Uh, if you take a look at Bauer's charges and, and what happened in that situation and you line them up with Watson's, <laughs> Watson's look worse. Now, that said, again, like you said, Jenna, this is sensitive and we're not in a, a spot here where we can say, oh, this happened and this happened. Mm -hmm. We don't know. But if it turns out the way that it appears, the NFL wouldn't be out of line to try something very similar with Watson going beyond a year, I think going to the two years that baseball put in for Bauer. Well, from Twitter, the gray area says what they should do and what they will do are two entirely different things, mm. and I'm confident what they will do will make a mockery out of the league. Tim, your thoughts? Well, the only thing that would make a mockery out of the league, and I've actually heard this one advanced, is that they, quote-unquote, let the civil process work itself oh, no, out no, no, no. and then next year <laughs> suspend him because he's actually going to make money next year. Yeah, he's making no. no money this year and people are saying, well, gee, if you suspend him for even the whole year, what's that going to do with his paycheck? He's not making much this year anyway. Everything in his contract comes after this year. They can't do that. What they can do, though, and I think, again, Dan was sort of getting at this, too, is that the NFL is at the court of law. Okay, the NFL can do suspension-wise what it thinks is best for the league, 
and they don't have to worry about what the civil courts do. They, they've proved this with Ben Roethlisberger. Yes, they did. Mm -hmm. You know, when they suspended him for six and then down to four, they can kind of make their own rules here. It's up to the NFLPA to then decide how vigorously they want to defend whatever decision comes down for Watson. I would just hope, Tim, that after all this time that, that Roger Goodell specifically would have learned from Ray Rice, you know? Yeah, yeah but and the other thing I was going to say to that is, you know, the NFL can risk it and say, okay, we're going to suspend him for a year, but it's worth it for us to do that and maybe take a hit financially if we lose in court, if we're sued, but it's worth it for us to suspend him for that long. They could do that. Lots of great points here. Well, when we come back, we are going around the horn on any topic. The final word is coming up next. <laughs> now for the final word. Everyone gets a chance. Dan, you're up first. I'm kind of torn about this Stanley Cup final, Jenna, because on one hand, it's a blast watching the avalanche. On the other hand, you're, you're seeing something that's just such a predictable outcome. When you're seeing Nathan McKinnon at his very best, Kale McCarr looking like the very best defenseman the NHL has seen since Bobby Bleeping Orr, uh, there's something special going on. On the other hand, it's not much of a series because the Lightning are just not going to be a match for this team. And you know what? No one else was going to be either, including the local club. Tim, your final word. George Washington University is going to change its name from Colonials. Robert Morris was asked if they would do the same thing, and they didn't say no. Now, I'm not here to defend the word Colonials or the mascot Colonials. What I am here to defend is the friggin' dictionary. It's not the same word as colonizers. <laughs> Folks, that was used as a joke in the final season of Brockmire, and now we're living it. Colonials, as Robert Morris has used it, is a reference to the colonial army, which I read something about this, fought for democracy and freedom <laughs> from tyranny. It's not the same thing, okay? They don't, they shouldn't feel the need to change the name, and I don't think, for that matter, that George Washington should have either. Oh my goodness. I love it. I love Top that. Well, now our final word from social media day, and this will be interesting Go for ahead. your thoughts from front of the show, Joy Bag of Donuts. Stanley Cup final will be tied two games apiece Ooh. after oh, game please. four. Money Ooh. down on that <laughs> one, Joe. Come on. Oh, big yike. And for my final word tonight, a happy Father's Day to all the dads, all the father figures, and people who fill the role of a patriarch out there. We can't thank you enough for all you've done for us to raise us, guide us, teach us, and show us how much you love us. Shout out to all the girl dads as well, especially my dad. Dad, Dad, there truly aren't words for the impact you've had on my life. All the lacrosse tournaments you drove me six hours to, all the overtime hockey games you put on for us to watch just because, and all the ways you've inspired me to be the best version of myself that I could be. Have a great night, everyone.